There were two pieces of cake in that pantry last night, and now there's only one. How do you explain that? Well, Mom, it was dark in the pantry, and I didn't see the second piece. <laughs> that would be you. That, well, you know who it makes? It makes me think of Carter. Yeah. Our grandson Carter. So what's the big deal? I didn't see the second piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see all of you here tonight. Well, let's say it. The word of God. The word of God is truth. Is truth. If I live the word. If I live the word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And if I don't. If I don't. I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. How many of you realize that most of your problems are created by you not living the word? You can't control, I didn't see a single hand go up then. How many of you know somebody like that? You can't control situations and circumstances. You can all be seated. <clears throat> but we can control how we respond to them. And I think, I, I really think this message is, I know God has given me a message. Uh, I, I don't have all of it yet. But uh, it, it's on getting ready for what's about to happen. And everything that Jesus said, and that the prophet said, and the book of Revelation said, is going to happen the way God instructed everyone to share it. It's going to happen. Game on. Tell your neighbor, game on. Game on. All that matters is how we are going to fight the fight of faith and finish the race that God has for us, whether the rapture comes first and we're all out of here, or whether we end our life in a natural manner, fighting the fight of faith like Paul did and everyone before us, we are going to have to learn how to walk and talk and live the Word of God. And sometimes, I'm going to let you elaborate on this, sometimes I think I can be a little short and to the point and what could seem like almost a little bit rude, but I think that there is less time for air now than there used to be. And the people that are wandering around out there in the darkness, they don't realize how dangerous that is to play with the things of the devil in this world. You know, God warns us, uh, you know, not to accuse us of being bad people. He warns us to protect us from the evil one, the one who will steal, kill, and destroy. And so, you know, his purpose isn't to remind us how bad we are as humans. His purpose is to save us from what's out there and oftentimes you know it, god becomes the adversary and he's not the adversary he's the deliverer the adversary is roaming around looking for whom he may devour the bible says and when we're not ready for what comes our way which things do come our way every day in many different uh packages uh so to speak so we have to be ready instant in season when when Brad stepped up, I said, oh, he's instant in season. You know, that, that we have to be instant in season. What does that mean? Instant for what's happening right this minute. Not, not oh, yeah, I'll get ready for that. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. And so that's why I believe this word is so important because um, I shared on Sunday about deception, which the world is participating in to the nth degree right now, and even the church has gotten involved. It starts with a person or people of God who do not stay in the Word of God and do the Word of God, not just a hearer but a doer. And then that takes root, and then when something does happen, there is nothing stable to stand on. It's all gone. 
because deception will not hold you in the battle. I agree. And, you know, uh, this came to me this morning, while this afternoon while I was praying. I heard this in my spirit. In the beginning, America worshiped God and America prospered. America now worships the God of prosperity. Today, uh, excuse me, America worshiped the God of prosperity. Today, America worships prosperity and power. And if you look at our political scene, and this is not a message on politics tonight, but if you look at where America is today compared to where it used to be when many of us grew up, the, the country has changed dramatically. What used to be called sin, our darkness, our wrong, is now called right. That's right out of Isaiah. We're twisting things around that what was once wrong is now right, and what was once right is now wrong. I encourage all of you, study the issues for this election that's coming up and apply the Word of God. That is the litmus test. There should be a litmus test. Does the person that we want to run this country and to be in charge in the White House, is that a born-again Christian and somebody that will defend the Constitution and somebody that will live the Word of God? And if they line up with the things of God, they're probably of God. If they don't line up with the things of God, take them at their word. They probably are anti-God. And I know that this is, not, this is not an endorsement of a candidate at all. But you have basically two people that are going to be the primary people running for office, I believe. Bernie Sanders may not agree with me, but it's going to be Hillary Clinton. It's going to be Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton has made no announcement yet as to who she would support for Supreme Court Justice of the United States. It looks like there could be two or three appointments coming up. Donald Trump today gave all 11 of the people that he would support. Every single one is pro-life. Every single one was conservative. Every single one believed the most important document to defend in this country was the Constitution. I know what it sounds like I'm saying. I am not saying support Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying support Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. I am saying this. If you don't know the issues... And if you don't know who you're voting for and what they stand for, you're not doing your Christian duty in this community. Does that sound right? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, do your duty. Do your due diligence. Figure out who needs to be in the White House. But no matter who's in the White House, that's not the answer. No, because our battles with powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The truth is, those people who choose to side with powers and principalities... Just like Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. There are people who serve the enemy's agenda, and there are people who serve God's agenda. And we're on the side of those who serve God's agenda. And just like in anyone's life, including mine, we may not have it right on all things, but God will reveal the integrity of a person. God will reveal the truth of what's inside a person, Not not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. And eventually... What they say will be what they do. Can I say that again? Yeah. What they say will be what they do. Amen. I agree. Hey, uh, turn to John chapter 15. We're going to be talking tonight, continuing on living the Word of God. <clears throat> this is the second part in a three-part series. And tonight, 
We're talking about abiding in God's word, abiding, 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 abiding. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, do you know what abiding means? Do you know what abiding means? Do you know what abiding means? Well, you do because you have your notes right in front of you there. We already talked about it. But I think if you understand this, in John chapter 15 is where we're going to be reading such a powerful scripture. You will never become anything other than what you want to become. But if you release your faith, you can become exactly what that is if it's what you really want. The dominant desire of all of our hearts that is in our mind will absolutely propel us toward a given destination. And that's why what you watch on television, what you watch on the Internet, what you read is so important. That is it lining up with the Word of God? Is it following the things of God? Is it renewing your mind so that you can know the perfect will of God? Because the Word of God says we can know His perfect will. Let's all say, I can know God's perfect will. I can know God's perfect will. And it says that if our mind is renewed, we, we quote that Scripture a lot. But when I first heard that Scripture... Out in Tulsa is the first time I ever really heard it. It's like, wow, if my mind is renewed, I can know what God's will is, that I present my body a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is my reasonable service, and that then I I don't conform to the world, but I be transformed by my mind so that I know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So my mind is a key player on what I meditate. And that's why if we meditate the Word of God, then we know what the Word of God says. So how does John 15, 7, and 8 apply to you? Well, to me, it means that, um, now this is kind of simple, but whatever happens, my first thought is the word. That's what it means to abide. In other words, no matter, you know, what the situation that comes up, my first thought is what the word would say. Not, not that I have to go home and pray about it, you know, or go find my Bible, but it comes up, uh, how many of you know what, you know, wrote? You know, it's just like, this is what I always think when this happens. Uh, you know, well, what I used to think when things happened was really a trap for me because what I thought was some harm was going to be done to me or I didn't have a choice or I couldn't get away or fear would begin to take over. But when the Word of God, when you are abiding in Jesus, it means all the time not just, you know, on Sunday, not just in a disaster, but in everything that goes on, it's like what he would think is what's there. This will cause us that when you're in a situation, you see a hurting person, you actually see what God may want you to say to them. Everybody say abiding. This is just like everyday life. And and I have found that when I'm doing that, you know, when I put myself in on uh, not... <laughs> not auto with my mind necessarily, although my mind has been renewed for a long time now, and it should be automatic with my mind even to do the right thing. But if my spirit is controlling what I'm thinking, I can be a vessel for the Lord every single day. And the things that come against me just go off me. They, they just go off because no weapon formed against me can prosper in Jesus' name. You know, and so when I, something happens suddenly, everybody say suddenly, you know, good things happen suddenly, too. You know, bad things happen suddenly. Good things happen suddenly. But when they happen, my first thought is what the Word says. And what that does, number one, is bring stability. You know, the wisdom of God is your stability in the day we're living in, the wisdom in which is the Word of God. And so to abide, that's what it means to me, that, that what happens always filters through what, what am I supposed to do, Lord? 
Okay, that sounds good, and that is good, and that's the way we should live. But what happens when you don't do that? What happens when your mind is going a different direction than what you just said? I go wacko. What happens when you then? Then what? Ha- how many? Let me see the hands of all the people ever going wacko out there in your mind. And it had nothing to do with the situation or circumstance. No. It had everything to do with processing. Mm-hmm. And if it's processed right, then it's right. I got some, I don't know why, I just happened to think, I was in March, the marsh that closed, maybe this is why they closed it. I was coming out of March, I got some of that uh, uh, old um, Slim Jim, how many of you know what Slim Jim is? It's horrible for you. <laughs> I got some Slim Jim, and I started eating What is the, it? Uh, Slim Jim, you, it's, it's cowboy stuff, you know. Oh. And... and <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy and Roy Rogers. I and, and I was eating that on the way out of Marsh. I said, boy, this is really going to look down. And it was full of mold. Oh. And I couldn't figure out how much of it I'd already swallowed. And, and every time I see Slim Jim right now on the shelves, there's no desire to eat it anymore. <laughs> the desire is all gone. All I think about is, is mold. But really, sometimes we, we get, we, you know, our mind well, that's is... that's a pretty good one to tell us because I see but, that. But our mind can be messed up. Now, yeah. John said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you ask whatever you will, desire. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Now, the, the key is to always eventually come back to our senses and realize that, you know what, I can't change the situation circumstance. All I can do is change myself. Isn't that the bottom line, really? Yeah, we, we add the positive to the negative, or we bring what's necessary to bring things back in line with what the Word of God says, not, not what's going on. Because God works all things together for good for those who love God, and are called according to his purpose. Now, you think about this while I share, if we can share about your mom today, and if we can't, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah. you, it's okay? You don't mind sharing about it? She wouldn't and, mind. And, and, and things that I know about you I can share too? That's fine. You always do anyway. I never know. But the word abide, the word abide <laughs> means to coil about and to become one. In other words, you can't tell that it's a difference. You just absolutely come together. Like God made flesh, his son, Jesus, all one, the Trinity, all in one. And that we understand that to coil about means to become one. I know you've all heard this before. If you squeeze toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste. Toothpaste. If you squeeze something else that's in there, it comes out. And so what is in you is always going to come out when you're pressured, when there's an urgent or, or an instant type thing. And that's why it's always kind of interesting to watch people, how they respond to things, because when they're squeezed, what's in there comes out. You've been meditating the Word of God, living the Word of God, mind renewed, thinking about the Word of God, all those types of things, speaking the Word of God. You get squeezed by an unexpected situation. We live in a world full of disappointment, and we live in a world full of blessings. It's all where you focus. Every single one of you get disappointed all of the time. To be disappointed does not mean you need to be discouraged There's a slippery slope. Disappointment, discouragement, depression. That's the way it always goes. A lot of people are depressed because they're not living the Word of God. You cannot stop having disappointment. You're in traffic. Uh, It's not moving as fast as you can. You're going to be late for an appointment. I'm disappointed I'm not going to be able to make it, but I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let it get me down. Everybody said disappointment Disappointment. happens all the time. Discouragement? Discouragement? My choice. My choice. You have a choice when it comes to discouragement. And Pam's mom 
fell today. Thank God she wasn't hurt. Uh, but she fell in the dining area of the assisted living home where she lives. And Pam was on the scene right away. You beat me there. Yes. And we got back to the room. Tell, and tell, tell them. See, <clears throat> Pam's mom is 94. No, 92. 92. She'll be 93 in July. 92. Used to be, she'd never let you tell her age. Oh, now, no. she, now she's lived so long, she's proud of it. She tells everybody how old she is because she doesn't look it and she doesn't she really does. act it either. What did she tell you the other day? She's so spunky. Yes, she is. You were trying to tell her a medical report? Yeah. I was what, trying to help her with say? something medical. And she believed the doctor, you know, and I had told her the same thing as the doctor. I said, See, Mom, you're going to be fine, you know, what we talked about. And she goes, you are not a doctor. <laughs> I said, nope, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> what else could I say? Oh, yes, I am. No, I'm not. So, <laughs> Here, Here's what happens to people. In my observation and in some of my reading, the older you get, the less you will be able to renew your mind to the things that you should have already renewed your mind to it's like you can't fill the tube once you're 90 because you don't function the same way. Does that make sense? When you're 40, you don't function the way you did when you were 10 or 12. And so all along our life, we have to get that word in us so that it's there. It's so, true. So Pam's mom, she's very receptive to me. She really oh, is. She listens I, to him. He is a doctor in her yeah. sight. You know those two doctors he got, one from the radio station, one from Thelma? Mother acknowledges both those doctors. Well, I, I have noticed that. I just <laughs> wondered if you would taken notes. I am. <laughs> but anyway, she, she was sitting there, and, and I, if she hears this, I'll have to confess to it. Because she lives in assisted living, she likes attention. Don't you think? Well, she's just lonely, so yeah, she likes yeah. people to come around. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't mean that badly. Well, you know, we, we all feel like we need to go see her more often than yeah. we do, and I know she feels that way. But, but I mean, you know, just attention. And, and so, anyway, she was talking about what happened and all, and we are ooh, ah, you'll be all right, all this. And then she, she, what did she say when you got back to the room? She said, I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to be sore all over. Worse than I was the last time. Wor yeah, it's going yeah. to be really bad. Worse than I was the last time. So and he was standing there. I, I thought, said, oh, no, 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 bad confession, <laughs> wrong confession. I knew I shouldn't have said it. I knew I shouldn't <laughs> have said it. What are you going to be? I'm okay. I'm going to be okay tomorrow. <laughs> yes, Lou, you're absolutely right. Now, I believe that when we release words that are in line with the will of God, the power of God, Hebrews 6, uh, 4, 6, goes into effect, that we speak things into existence, and that she, right now, when I left her, I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. Pam's uh, sister, Chris, called me, and she said, listen, I don't know what you're doing with my mom, but she listens to you. She doesn't listen to me, and she doesn't listen to Pam. So write something down for her. And so I wrote some scriptures down for her, which I had done the other day, and she carries this little list around with her. Yep. And she quotes these scriptures. So I wrote a couple of them down, gave them some more, and I said, now you take a nap, Lou. And she said, I'm, I'm going to. And I said, now here are the scriptures. I want you to say these over and over and over again. She said, I will. And I said, now I'm going to test you when I come back. She said, okay. Now, <laughs> she told my sister he's coming back 
and I oh. have, I was too tired, and I haven't memorized them yet. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you say that? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and Chris said, Mom, you don't have to memorize them. You just need to say them. And so tonight, I called to check on her, and she said, I'm, I'm going to be saying them. I'm, oh, I'm getting ready to say them. I just came back from dinner. But, you know, truly, um, when you, my mom always battled fear. You know, she, and so, yeah. you know, when you battle fear and then when you get to be a certain age and your mind isn't functioning fully, then you need somebody to help you. And so I know at that place, sometimes I, they may feel like, you know, well, we're not as compassionate. But when I got there, she was shaking and, you know, really. And I go, Mom, you're going to be fine. Oh, okay. See, the word of God you're going to be okay. Can you move your head? Yes. Is your shoulder working? Yes, because she was flailing all over telling me. I said, your shoulder's working. Now let's see if you walk. She got up. She walked all the way back to her room. And she even stopped and read the bulletin board while we waited because it's birthday night there. And she wanted to see what we're celebrating and who's getting, having a birthday and all that. I thought, the lady is fine. So we walked her back. But we, we make a point to tell her. You're going to be fine. You're okay. Yes, you have some opportunities, and your mind doesn't always think right, but neither look at Chris and me. You know, same thing happens sometimes. So this is not anything. You're going to be fine. Why do we say that? Because the word has power to heal and to make life come. We could agree all day the condition she's in, and we're not ignorant of what we see. But we're not going to have her sit there tormented all day by the enemy saying how bad things That's right. are. That's just the same for all of us. It's the same for all of us. God doesn't want us to live like that. But we have to make that choice. Like she'll read. She reads what Bill gives her. And she reads it three times a day over herself, just like you would take medicine. And she says it out loud. And she's told me, it, it helps you some. It does it helps you some, she says. I said, I know. <laughs> she is so cute. The devil hates the word of God because he knows the power firsthand. And if you study the book of Mark, we're going to give you a couple of scriptures here. But if you study the, the, the book of Mark, and, and then I, I want to digress a little bit here. In the beginning of America, I don't know why God has me just focus so much on our country because we are the last bright light to the world uh, and the only nation on the face of the earth founded on Christian Judeo beliefs. Israel is a Judeo, but we are the Christian Judeo new covenant brightness to the entire world. But in the beginning, if you study the charters of most of the states in uh, in America on the coast, uh, you, you needed to be a Christian and you needed to hold public office to be a Christian. And that all of the things, when you read some of these charters of these states, were all based on the Bible and the Word of God and the Ten Commandments. And when you read them, it's just like reading the Bible. What has happened in America is we have drifted away from the Word of God. Well, what is America? What is the entity? America is just people. It's just a name for people. And we are all Americans because we were either born here or became citizens here. Uh, and, 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 and then we became Americans. But the country of America just represents the people. The representation of America today represents 
uh, unfortunately, about 45 to 50 percent of the people. And the rest of the people have strayed away from the Word of God. That's why you have these things that are going on today that have stole and usurped the Word of God. And that what people say, if you watch talk radio, talk, uh, if you watch talk radio, <laughs> if you watch television or if you listen to talk radio, you'll hear people say, yeah, but what they're doing is getting ready to contradict the Word of God. Yeah, but did God really say, they're saying it in a different format, but did God really say, does that sound like anything familiar in the book of Genesis with God? excuse me, with uh, the devil and with Eve. Did God really say this? Yes, he said it, and we're going to live it. Well, I don't think everybody should have to live the Word of God. Well, everybody can go wherever they want to live, but this is a Christian country. Do you know the first, and I'm getting off on a tangent here, so I'll come right back, and you, that's why you're smiling at me. <laughs> first Supreme Court Justice John Jay of the United States said that America is a Christian nation. And many Supreme Court justices after him, I believe we're a Christian nation. I believe our Constitution, I believe our, 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 uh, uh, everything about this country is Christ-centered, uh, the Ten Commandments and the Supreme Court walls. But why is it that one person can say we are no longer a Christian nation? That is deviating from the Word of God and from the will of God. And then what happens then is the devil steals that word. And then a young person in college with a professor that's telling them that this is not a Christian nation, you can do anything you want, in, you know, use any kind of restroom you want or whatever, you know, then they start to say and reason out and reason away the word of God. Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 4, verse 15, Satan comes immediately to do what? Steal. Steal the word. And how often does he try to steal that word over and over again? It's the stealing of the word that he's after. Sometimes I listen to, um, with Bill, um, there's a, whoops, uh, Fox. They have this 5 o'clock, and there's always one that doesn't agree. There's always somebody who doesn't agree. And it's like the truth goes, and then somebody tries to steal it. It reminds me of what the enemy can do. Just that fast, there's... There's three people that say, you know, what would be what we would judge as righteous. And then there's two people who say, no, da, 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 da. And it's not righteous at all. It's like immediate. And it goes back and forth and back and forth. And that's the struggle that's going on in people's minds today. And that's why if you've, if you've meditated the word, if you've coiled about or abided in Jesus, there's this referee. Everybody say referee. You know, the referee, they blow the whistle. They make the decisions. And that's the way it is in a ball game. Uh, you know, my sister, Chris, she gets a little radical over the referees. And, uh, but I don't care how upset she gets, once they blow the whistle and, and say whatever, that's the way it is. And whether she believes it or not. Well, you know, the enemy, the Holy Spirit will blow the whistle. He will blow the whistle when it's not right. It just means we have to abide by that. We can't go against that whistle because the whistle determines you know, he's the whistleblower on the things that the enemy's doing wrong. And so when we hear that, we have to make a choice. Everybody say, make a choice. Because, see, we're free. We're free agents. You know, nobody's going to make us do something. But then we have to decide, okay, how does that line up with the Word of God? It doesn't, so we're not receiving it. 
Let me see the hands of all the people that you have known what the Word of God said and you contradicted it and paid the price. Every single one of us. Go through speed zones the wrong <coughs> mile per hour. You know, you get a ticket. You do. I don't know why we always now, have to talk about that. Now. I don't want to pray he gets a ticket, but I'm about being forced to. My wife sometimes will tell me how to drive, and I'll say, sweetheart, which one in this car has got the biggest ticket ever? Raise their hand. Now, here. In, what it was an accident, reading, just for you that don't know anything about it. I didn't do it on purpose. Was, ignorance is no excuse. No, <laughs> Mark chapter 4, ignorance is no excuse of the law. I know. I Wait, how's it go? Ignorance of law. You should Thank always you all drive. Very much. You should always drive the speed limit. We're coming home on sixty-five one time, and that's and, the guy who says they I can was, eat my dust. I was driving. That's, that's this guy. I was. I was they driving. They can eat my dust. I was driving. Well, hopefully they do. I was driving. I was driving. <laughs> came off the interstate, got on fifty-two, and I was driving really fast. And my yes. wife said, "You're not on the interstate." You need to slow down because they have those county mountains around here. And I turned to her and I said, my Clint Eastwood oh, expression, they can eat my dust. <laughs> now, for all of you visitors who are here, how many visitors do we have tonight, by the way? I don't remember seeing. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Let's give them a warm welcome. <laughs> we have great children's services every Sunday, 9-11, midweek, 6-30. And um, it's not going to get you out of the story. Keep going. <laughs> so anyway, no sooner had no I sooner. no sooner had I said he gone. can eat my dust. <laughs> he was right behind me, <laughs> pulled me over. He came up the car and he and says I, to me, don't say a word. I'm thinking I didn't say it. You said it. Eat my dust. And and they did. I said, don't say a word, just pray. Right, yeah, pray. And he came up and he said, you know you're speeding? I said, yes, sir. He said, you know you got a headlight out? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'm going to give you a warning. <laughs> That's a good policeman. <laughs> I, told our, I told our nephew Rodney, I said, you know my definition of a good policeman? They just give you warnings. <laughs> but anyway, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, Jesus is giving a parable of the sower. And in my commentary, it says that one-third of all of the teaching of Jesus was done in parables to illustrate the moral character of the story or the moral part of the story. And in verse number 13 of, of Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, after they didn't understand the parable, he said that some of these seeds, you know, they go by the wayside, some don't produce anything, some are just the sun scourges it, and they say, well, we don't really understand this. And Jesus responded and said to them, you don't understand this parable, then how then will you understand all of the parables. In other words, he's saying every parable, all of my teaching is based on understanding this principle of seed faith and of planting the Word of God. And then he goes in on verse number 15. These are the, uh, these are the ones. He's given examples of people that are in the world today. I, we see these people all the time, honey. Uh, would you? Well, I don't want to go there. Okay. We don't have time. We, we don't have time. That's right. And, <laughs> And these are the ones sown by the wayside where, well, we have time for this. 
He can't be diverted. I've never counseled anybody that didn't know what the crap was wrong with them. (laughs) They just didn't want to do what was right. And I'm saying, duh, would would it have any bearing at all that you know you're doing what's wrong and you're continuing to do it, could that possibly be part of your problem? Turn to your neighbor and say, maybe he's preaching to you tonight. (laughs) If you continually do what you know is wrong and expect great results out of it, you're just not too smart. That be overwhelming? No. I'll hear about this tonight when I get home. (laughs) Now, let's look. Let's look. Then it goes on to say in verse number 17, honey. And then these are some are that when the word of God goes into them, uh, they have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a while. And then afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises. For the word's sake. For the word's sake. Why do some people have so much tribulation and persecution? Because the devil wants the word. Yeah. He wants to discourage us. Yeah. And the more word we have the more he will come after us. That's right. And the tribulation and the persecution. Suck it up, move on. Yes. Speak the word, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Have you ever had persecution? Oh, yes. Ever had tribulation? Mm-hmm. Did I help you? Did you help me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With your gentle, sweet counseling. <laughs> we were talking one time. We make light of it, but really and truly, I did tell her one time, I said, honey, suck it up and move on. Yeah. What can you do about it? Turn to your neighbor and say, suck it up and move on. Yeah. <laughs> you have well, to keep going forward. But you say, because well, I, if you stop, the enemy will get you yeah. right where you stop. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with playing hurt. Yeah, we play hurt sometimes. You, you, because if you succumb to hurt feelings or if you succumb to the stuff that the devil's throwing at you, then you can't be, move, you can't be what God's called you to be. You have to move on. Tell us how you do it. Well, you're reading. You, you're for. Are no, I put you on the spot. Tell us how you do it. <laughs> I'm done reading. <laughs> well, you know, when the enemy comes, he's coming for the word. If you know, if if we're if we're thinking about what the Lord is thinking about, he's not coming to tell you how bad you are. He wants the word that's causing you to be an overcomer. He wants the word that's telling you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You know, he's coming for those who overcomes this world. It's our faith. So what is he coming? He gets the word, and he that's all he's interested in. We think it's all about us, but it's about the word because the word has power to change effectively many things. And he doesn't want us to use the word because if we use the word, we will see how effective it is. So he grabs that word from us immediately. Verse number 19, it's a good word, honey. And these are the ones that aren't bearing fruit also. The cares of this world. Now, the word care, when you see it in the Greek, means distraction, merimno. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word because it becomes unfruitful. I can't tell you how many people over the years I've talked to that are pursuing what they're pursuing, but believing that God has called them to do something else. 
In other words, they get on this path, and I'm going to make this much money and have a house and have a car and have a green lawn, have 2.5 children, have two cars and have a retirement plan and die and go to heaven, and God's going to say, why did you not do what I called you to do on this earth? How many of you, you don't want to stand here and tell us what it is, but how many of you know you have deep inner desires that if you knew you couldn't fail, and if you knew you had all the money that you needed to do it, that you'd be doing it right now. Can I see your hands? And it's not what you're doing. Can I see your hands? In other words, I know what I'd be doing if I knew I couldn't fail. I know what I'd be doing if I knew I had the money. Chances are, if that lines up with the Word of God and glorifies God and lifts up the name of Jesus, that's probably what you're called to do on this earth. But because you can't figure it out, you're negating the very word that you already have inside you. And when you have that word inside you, I, I remember, honey, and I'm digressing a little bit here, but I remember when, when I was praying over all those, every mission request that comes into this church, I pray over. And it sits on my desk, and I'll never forget the day when that mission, uh, that letter came in, and they said they wanted to build an orphanage in the Sudan. And I still feel that same thing in my heart. And it was just like God reached out and touched my heart and said, I want you, I want your church involved. And we started out with $12,000 commitment that we didn't have. And then it became, I don't know, 30000 then 50000 then 60000 They broke ground on Stanley's home, by the way. Let's give the Lord a hand. We're going to have some pictures this Sunday, and he's just so excited. The well is done. Everything, everything is just falling into place over there. But it was so far beyond us, but I knew the word, and when we shared the word with our leadership, you know, everybody got on board. But once you have the word, it's all you need. And that, that's, the, I think, the thing we're projecting right now is that if you have the Word of God, you can accomplish anything God calls you to do. But you can't take the Word of God and appropriate it for what you want to do. It's got to be based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is talking about that right here. The desires of our heart are based on, become, on abiding, becoming one with God. You and I are so close that I know that at any point of the day, I know how to please you. I don't always do it, but I, how many of you guys that are married, Carl, you got to know this one, uh, Vonda, you, you know how to please your wife, do you not? Now you don't, I, I'm not talking for you, but I'm saying I don't always please my wife, but I know what will always please you. Rubbing your feet, always please you. I don't always feel like rubbing your feet, but I know the word that if I do it, it's going to go well with me. So I'm going to rub your feet tonight. Okay. No popcorn. You can't eat popcorn or rub feet. It just doesn't work. But anyway, <laughs> but, but well, you know. that'll help you this week spiritually, won't it? <laughs> you all got that? Put your popcorn away before you rub feet. Okay, moving but, on. But, but anyway, it, it's that word that gets in us that we just, for many people, it's not learning so much new word, although we should. It's just living the word we know. Yeah. And making it so real inside us that when the disappointments come, the trials, the tribulations, the persecution, I'm okay. I got the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I don't have the answer for this situation, but I serve the person who does. And I am one with him. So therefore, I know this thing's going to work for good because I love God. I'm, I'm telling you how I think myself sometimes. I don't always do a good job. 
but I'm better than I used to be. I don't know how this is going to work out, yeah. but I tell you this, I know it's going to be used for good. Because Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's me. Therefore, however this thing turns out, it's going to turn out for good. You know, we can, uh, what he just said is really important about the word and abiding in God. Um, and, and it goes along kind of with Brett, what Brad said. It's not someday we're going to do it. It's right now. And so what God looks at is, are we being responsible with what we do know? You know, uh, I have no problem with people going to meetings and, and uh, hearing what people are saying. But, but I see so many Christians who are still spinning in the same, uh, kind of stewing in the same situation over and over and over. And, but they're, wait, when, when I get down to this meeting, I'm going to get the revelation. We're going to this meeting to get the revelation. I'm telling you, uh, meetings don't necessarily give you revelation. Meetings give you confirmation. Could I say that again? See, people go seeking what somebody's going to teach them when it's the Holy Spirit. I learned this really, really early in my life when I began to get the victory was that year I was alone. And the Lord said, I'm your teacher. And I later through a hissy fit because my husband got to go to Bible school. My kids were all in Christian school and I was working so they could all do what they were doing because I was at that point the one God used for the income. I thought, but Lord, I want to go to Bible school. And he said, I've been your teacher. I will always be your teacher. Whether you go to Bible school, whether you don't go to Bible school, whether you watch Christian television or you don't watch Christian televisions, whether you go to a meeting or not go to a meeting, it's what you get from the word of God, the revelation, everybody say revelation, revelation, that you get from the word of God is what will give you the victory, not what everybody else tells you. So when you go to a meeting, don't go there thinking, you know, we're going this year, we're going to hear for sure. I'm sure we're going to hear. No, you may get a confirmation, but if you don't go in there knowing anything, you aren't going to come out knowing a whole lot more. What you'll come out with is a lot of information but you have no revelation for the information to work with. Amen? It's true. The Holy Spirit just gave me that. And I thought that was just wonderful, didn't you? Thank you, Jesus. Because that's what happened in my life. You know, I had all these people and I looked at all these people and all I did was get more confused. Because I couldn't live all those words that they were all preaching because I didn't have that root in me yet. To do. So I was just always failing, 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 failing. And then the word became a weapon, 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 weapon against me because I couldn't do it. But when you get revelation and then God adds confirmation, then the information gives you the power to really believe, I heard and I can do this. You know, you need the reinforcement, but that's not where you get it. You got to get it from God. That's exactly right. And then what you've got to do is live the Word of God. A lot of people are looking for more words from God, and God's told you what you're supposed to do, but you're not doing it. So he's not going to say, well, let's go to plan B if you don't want to do plan A. He's got one plan, and he's telling you what to do, and he's telling you to go ahead and do it. But if you're not doing it, then you're waiting for God to say something else. And God said, I already told you what to do. Just do it. When he told us, go to Tulsa, you'll find the meaning for your life. Well, yeah, what? Where's the money coming from? What am I going to do? How are we going to support the family? That 
God never told me a thing when we moved out there. I thought we were crazy. Your parents thought we were crazy. My parents thought we were crazy. Then we moved out there, began to prosper. Yeah, we really thought God we took crazy care of what he bit. was going to take care of. And then we said, God's calling us back here. Then they thought we were crazy for coming home. They thought we were crazy going. They thought we were crazy coming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we were, but I don't know. It was fun. Now, I wanted to go real fast because we don't have much time left. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. First Peter chapter 5, 8 uh, uh, says, be sober, be vigilant. Th this is what's happened in America. We've let our guard down. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Listen to the commentary. The active imperative indicates in an assertive stance against the adversary's operation because of the devil's aggressive hostility, Christians must continually be spiritually alert. We are not a spiritually alert country, and the reason we're not is because we're not a spiritually alert people because the church has let their guard down. We've preached a whole lot about prosperity, should preach about it. We've preached a whole lot about name it and claim it, and we should because if God says this is what you can do, you can name it and you can claim it. But we can't claim it and we can't name it if God's not in it. And we have reached the point when our guard is down, we're not alert on that wall as watchmen on the wall, and we're not saying enough is enough. That is sin. We are not accepting it. You may make it a law, but I'm not accepting that sin because sin is not of God. It negates the power of God. It negates the Word of God. God said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the blessings of God will come upon and overtake those who will hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God. And that's exactly what we need to do. Whatever God said, live Amen. the Word. Sum it up for us, babe, because we're out of time. I talk too much. So you talk for the next minute. <laughs> well, let's stand because we only got a minute. A minute to win it. Here we go. Oh, I like it. <clears throat> a minute to win it? Is that what you said? Yeah.